Hi everyone, Grant for the Flame Learning Channel. In parts 5, 6 and 8 of the Image Toolset series, we looked at the 3D AOV capability where you could produce a selective mat for your image based on supplied 3D information. So you could create isolation mats based on the Z depth of an image, the normals of a 3D object, as well as the movement of an image based on motion vectors. In the Flame 2020.2 update, you'll learn about a new tool to refine your 3D AOVs known as primitives. This allows you to constrain the effect of a 3D AOV by placing virtual 3D objects in 3D space. I'd also like to add that if you are new to 3D selectives, I suggest watching part 5, 6 and 8 of the Image Toolset series to explain the basics and fundamentals of 3D AOVs. Now if you'd like to follow along with this video, click the link in the description below or type the link displayed to download the media. Please note that for colour management reasons, the QuickTime clip is Rec709 and the EXR sequence is Scene Linear Rec709 sRGB. Now start off by opening the QuickTime file as a sequence, select it and switch to the effects environment. I am currently using a 3-up layout with the manager on the left, result view in the middle and selective matte view on the right. You can set this up manually each time or save it as a custom layout for easy access. Now to illustrate primitives with 3D AOVs, you will need a Z-depth pass in order to generate the selective. The EXR example does have an embedded Z-depth as its rendered CG. However, live action footage like this shot does not normally have the supplied depth information. So to make this work, you'll use machine learning to generate the depth data. Select the selective in the manager and switch to the 3D AOV menu. Change the type to primitive and click create map. A Z-depth map will be generated and it appears in the manager. If you select it and press F8 for the image object view, you will see the generated depth pass. If you wish to know more about machine learning and how it works in Flame, please watch the machine learning series on the Flame Learning channel. So this depth pass can be used to create isolation mats as seen in previous 3D AOV videos. The difference with the primitives option is that these isolations are contained within virtual 3D objects. Select the selective in the manager and turn on the 3D AOV. Hover over the right viewport and toggle to the selective input. When the viewport is active, you will see a spherical 3D widget which is limiting the isolation mat. To see the effect in the result viewport, go ahead and perform a quick grade. This can be any selective effects and not just the master grade. Now using this widget, you can move the virtual sphere in 3D based on the generated depth pass. For example, you can grab the centre of the widget and move it around horizontally and vertically. If you want to use proper axis handles, switch the tools from SELECT to TRANSLATE. It's not mandatory but it can help constrain the movements. 
If you want to move the widget in Z space, hold SHIFT and drag the widget to different areas of the image. Using the Z depth pass, you can snap the widget to different depths within your shot. For example, place the widget on the buildings just behind the ruins. If you prefer a more controlled way of moving the primitive, you can adjust the position sliders in the menu. So what's the advantage of using a virtual primitive with a 3D AOV? Well, if you temporarily switch to the range type, you will see that the Z depth isolates all the objects that are included at certain points of depth. In other words, all the objects at that point in distance are included in the isolation mat. So not only do you have the buildings, but you also have the trees and other objects. Switching back to the primitive type, you're able to rarely focus what you want to isolate out of the depth data. In some cases, this is more efficient than using a G-mask with a selective. Now you can adjust the radius and ratio of the widget using the sliders, or you can switch the tools to scale and adjust the widget interactively in the viewport. The center point of the axis adjusts the radius, while the endpoints control the Y and Z ratios. The final controls you have for refining the 3D primitive is the fall of slider to soften the edges of the primitive and the gain slider to change the intensity of the 3D AOV. Similarly to all other 3D AOVs, these values can all be animated and this is fed into the selective pipeline where you can shrink, dilate and blur the outcome as well as blend this with the keyers and masks in the current selective. Now if you didn't want the roundness of a sphere constraining your isolation, you can switch the shape type to cube which gives you straighter lines. Let's use this cube to brighten up the darker areas of the ruins. Ensure you are using the SELECT or TRANSLATE tool, hold SHIFT and snap the cube to the foreground region. Switch to SCALE and you can reshape the cube to only cover the floor region of the ruins. If you start pushing the gamma and gain of the master grade, you can bring detail back into that part of the image. If you choose to, you can also adjust the colour to make it slightly warmer. So there are plenty of uses for selectives, and using primitives with 3D AOVs give you that extra level of control. The next example I'd like to cover is CG-based. The big difference this time is that you have a Z-depth pass as before, but you also have a 3D camera from the 3D application. This can offer a bit more functionality compared to the first example. So switch to Batch and import the EXR sequence which must be tagged as Scene Linear Rec709 sRGB. Set the batch duration to 24. Now this is a multi-channel clip and if you toggle F4 and look at the channels, you have a beauty pass, the alpha pass and a Z-depth pass. This was rendered using Arnold and Maya and the Z-depth is using absolute values as opposed to normalized values. This is something you'll need to define for the selective.
Go back to Batch and add an image node from the Batch node bin. Connect the beauty pass as the red front input. To use the accompanying Z-depth pass, select the image node and add a new media input. Connect the Z-depth pass into the front input and you're ready to go. As a reminder, you could do this in an action node, but the image node automatically sets up the selector for you. Double-click on the image node for its controls and like you did previously, switch to a 3-up view with ALT 3. You have the Manager, Result view and the Selective Mat view. Now the supplied Z-depth pass, or any other data pass for that matter, is based on the 3D camera that was used in Maya or whatever 3D application you're using. Since this camera was exported and made available for Flame as an FBX file, it is recommended that you import and apply the same camera data to the shot before using any data passes like the Z-depth for instance. This will ensure that any data passes will be mapped to the matching camera data and things should hopefully align up much easier. So first off, to import the 3D camera for this render, call up the context menu in the manager and choose the import option. Navigate to the EXR sequence and here you will find the FBX file containing the 3D camera. Now very importantly, Flame uses pixels as its unit of measurement, whereas 3D applications like Maya can have different units of measurement such as centimeters, meters, etc. So it's crucial that you get the conversions correct, otherwise the camera will be off. In this case, set the scene unit to pixels to a value of 1. Choose the FBX file and load it into the scene. The next step is to assign the camera data to the surface object containing the CG render. This ensures that the camera data will be taken into account when applying selectives, nodes and data pass maps to this surface object. To do this, hover over the result view and switch to the schematic view. If you pan the view, you can locate the 3D camera. Now connect the surface to the 3D camera node. So the camera data is now being fed into the surface object and any nodes that you use with the surface object will consider the 3D camera data. Switch back to the result view. So the next step is to assign the Z-depth pass to the surface object. Switch to the node bin and ensure the Z-depth pass is selected in the media list. Next, using the context menu over the surface in the manager, add the Z-depth map to the image. Now remember that I said that this Z-depth pass uses absolute values. So call up the Z-depth controls and switch the input type from normalized to absolute. So by interpreting the Z-depth data as well as using the assigned camera information, this should ensure the depth values are mapped correctly within the 3D scene. If you select the selective in the manager and go to the 3D AOVs, you can choose primitives and activate the tool. To see the widget, switch to the Selective Input view with F9.
If the widget is off-screen, you can adjust it with the sliders. Once you see the center of the widget, you can interactively adjust it within the scene. So hold SHIFT, snap the widget to one of the spheres, and then scale the radius to match. With that done, perform a quick grade through the selective. Now since you have associated the CG render with its original 3D camera, as well as applied the primitive with the 3D AOV, the primitive widget is actually part of the 3D scene. If you scrub the time bar, you will see the widget move because it is considered as part of the 3D scene. So you can place the primitive anywhere within the scene, and it should react as if it was there in the first place. This occurs when the position setting is set to world. The other option you have is even when you have all this camera data, you can still lock the primitive relative to the camera instead of moving with the other objects in the 3D scene. So change the position setting from world to camera. Looking at the sliders, you can now position the widget relative to the camera. You can also interactively place the widget with SHIFT and DRAG. When you scrub the time bar, the widget remains locked with the camera and doesn't appear to move with the rest of the 3D scene. The final use case of working with primitives and 3D AOVs is when you want to use them with a traditional action composite. I'll go back to Batch and go into this action node with a 2-up view to illustrate the workflow. Here we have a typical composite that consists of 2D images and a 3D object within a 3D scene. Now after building this composite, you would like to pick certain objects in 3D space to apply an effect. This can be done with a selective using 3D AOVs and primitives. But the big difference compared to the previous two examples is that this is a live composite. If I switch to the perspective with Space F4 and you hold ALT to orbit the scene, you can see the full 3D environment. Switch back to the result view with F4. Now the 3D AOV requires depth information to function correctly. This is not a problem since the Action 3D Compositor is automatically generating the Z-Depth Pass. To see this, go to the Output menu. And if you scroll the Output Selections list, you can locate the Z-Depth Pass. We're only using it internally in Action, so you don't need to enable it as a Render Pass. Scroll back up the list and view the Composite Output. Now in order to apply a selective to the output of Action, you will need to add it to the default camera. Call up the context menu over the default camera and choose ADD SELECTIVE. In the browser, I'll go with the GLOW SELECTIVE effects to demonstrate the example. So the GLOW SELECTIVE effects is affecting the entire composite result. Double-clicking on the selective in the manager, you can tweak various aspects of the selective effects. To use the selective with a 3D AOV and primitives, go to the 3D AOV menu, 
choose the primitive type and click Active. Using the 3UP view, you can monitor the result view as well as look at the selective input view with the primitive widget. Hold SHIFT and you can snap the widget to any object at different distances within the Action 3D environment. So all the controls work like the previous examples. You can expand the radius of the widget and set it anywhere within the Z space of the scene to apply the selective effects. With the position set to World, when you scrub the time bar, the primitive widget acts like any other object in the 3D space and moves as part of the scene. To make it lock to the camera movement, switch the position to Camera and it will remain in the same position relative to the camera. You can still snap to the depth of an object and place the widget anywhere in the 3D scene. But when scrubbing the time bar, the widget remains in its current position aligned with the Action 3D camera. So hopefully this gives you a wide range of uses with 3D AOVs and primitive objects. In summary, the point of using primitive objects with 3D AOVs is to generate an isolation selective based on Z-depth data and then limit that further by virtual 3D objects sitting within the depth of the 3D scene. This would not be possible if you just did a standard depth selection in combination with a key or mask. So hopefully this can expand on more creative 3D potentials when using selectives and you can apply any selective effect shaders to meet your VFX and look development needs. Don't forget to check out the other features, workflows and enhancements to the Flame 2020.2 update. Comments, feedback and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Please subscribe to the Flame Learning Channel and click the bell to be notified for future videos. Thanks for watching and hope to see you soon.